With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This podcast is sponsored by Ramp. Are you the decision maker in your company? Consider this. For the first time in decades, there's a better option for a corporate card and spend management platform. Meet Ramp, the only corporate card and spend management system designed to help you spend less money so you can make more. Most corporate credit cards offer points as incentives, but those points amount to less than their worth in real cash value. Ramp's business cards offer you cash back, real money in your pocket. Plus, you control who spends what with each vendor. And Ramp software collects and verifies receipts automatically, which means you'll stop wasteful spending and close your books in hours instead of days. Businesses that use Ramp add up to 5% to their bottom line the first year. If you're a decision maker, adding Ramp could be one of the best decisions you've ever made. And now get $250 when you join Ramp for free. Just go to ramp.com slash easy. Ramp.com slash easy. R-A-M-P dot com slash easy. Cards issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members of DIC terms and conditions apply. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. From Autosport.com and Autosport Magazine, I'm your host, Ariana Bravo, and this is the Autosport Podcast. Race day at the Belgian Grand Prix, but in an incredibly strange turn of events, we didn't really get much of a race at all. Wet weather persisted throughout the day, and race control announced shortly before the planned race start at 3 o'clock local time that formation laps would be completed behind the safety car and push the start of these formation laps to 3.25. The field completed two full formation laps, but with most of the drivers reporting poor visibility and a lack of grip, the race was red flagged at 3.30 and all drivers returned to the pit lane. A lengthy delay followed, but with the rain showing no sign of stopping and the timer ticking down from the start of the three-hour window at three, the chances of running a race to award four points grew slim. With one hour remaining on the clock at five o'clock, the stewards temporarily stopped the race, freezing the clock to try and wait for a break in the weather. The rain eased slightly so the field could return to the track behind the safety car at 6.17, passing the green light at pit exit and completed two full laps to ensure the race was official and a classification could be issued. During the third lap behind the safety car, race control red flagged the race again, prompting the drivers to return to the pit lane before it was officially declared the final result at 6.44. 
It means Verstappen officially wins the Belgian Grand Prix for Red Bull, scoring 12.5 points for the victory, while George Russell scored his first F1 podium in second place for Williams, scoring nine points. Verstappen's title rival, Lewis Hamilton, completed the podium in third place, picking up 7.5 points. And that is the rundown of a very, very strange race today. And I'm joined by Jess McFadden, Director of Digital Strategy for Motorsport Network and Luke Smith, Autosports F1 reporter. It has been a long, long day. How are you both? I think that race has aged me <laughs> about 10 years and nothing even happened. Um, it was intense. It was just so intense just trying to pick apart exactly what we do in such a strange scenario as we saw out there today. So it's been a lot of rule book uh analysis interpretation um listening to various radio messages but it was just good to see well was it good to see i'm not sure the team seemed to be just as confused as us so i'm going to take that as that it's okay that we uh that we had to take some time to work out what was going on out there today because it was yeah it was a definite a race i am not going to forget in a hurry and i don't think f1 will forget in a hurry either yeah i agree luke how are you feeling yeah, it's been it's been a pretty hectic day. I think we've all tried to, as Jess said, sort of understand what exactly has been going on and what rules apply and what rules don't apply and if we have results, if we don't have results, if there are or aren't points and whatever. And it's been um yeah, it's been a really tricky one. And I think that ultimately everyone can never it can never plan for sort of crisis scenarios like this to an absolute T. Like we could never have predicted fully this is exactly what was gonna happen. Um so yeah, I think we've we've got to be balanced and obviously I think a lot of fans as I'm sure we'll get into are very upset that they didn't really get a race today. Um but uh yeah, a very difficult day for Formula One, I think, and um I think hopefully one it can learn from. Uh but yeah, I feel I feel pretty pretty spent to be honest with you. So I'm very much looking forward to uh, um, yeah a bit a beer. Well, actually, I'm not even going to lie, a beer as we speak. To try and unwind a little bit. <laughs> well deserved after the day uh, that you would have had trying to keep track of all of the craziness that was unfolding. Now, usually we kick off with race ratings, but it doesn't really seem right given that nothing really happened today so just to recap the results for any listeners that may have that may not have stayed watching till the very end Max Verstappen classified first followed by George Russell and Lewis Hamilton meaning that Lewis stays ahead in the championship by just three points Daniel Ricciardo was classified in fourth place ahead of Sebastian Vettel in fifth Pierre Gasly sixth and Esteban Ocon seventh Charles Leclerc is recorded as finishing eighth for Ferrari, two places clear of teammate Carlos Sainz, whilst Nicholas Latifi took ninth, giving Williams back-to-back double-point finishes. Outside of the top 10, we had Fernando Alonso in 11th, ahead of Valtteri Bottas and Antonio Giovinazzi. Lando Norris classified as 14th, having received a five-place grid penalty due to a gearbox change following his accident yesterday. Yuki Tsunoda was P15, with the Hasses of Mick Schumacher and Nikita Mazepin behind, followed by Kimi Raikkonen and Sergio Perez after he crashed out on the way to the grid, but Red Bull were able to use the delays to repair his car, so he was able to race. Lance Stroll was classified as last after receiving a 10-second penalty for a rear wing change, which bumped him down from P18 to that last position. I think that is correct, but we have had some confusion even since the end of the race about the classifications, which we will get into, but let's just try to work through this as best we can. Let's start with 
Some of the first confusion that we had with today's race about whether the race had actually started or not, because we heard on the radio, <laughs> I can't believe I'm actually saying this, but we heard the radio uh, messages between the FIA and the teams, you know, has this race started or not? What lap, what lap are we going to be on when we do start? What, what was going on there? Jess, I mean, I know that you were equally as confused. I saw you tweeting about it or on Instagram and what on earth? I mean, when the teams don't even know where we're at, it's a bit of a weird situation, right? Yeah, and I guess, I mean, the word unprecedented got bandied about uh, quite a lot today. Uh, but I guess that is, I think, if anything, this is the definition of unprecedented. The 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 way that, that we had to kind of address this race was, was bizarre beyond belief, um, as we keep saying. But um, I think so the, the confusion all came in, in, in how many formation laps we'd done and whether that counted towards the race start or not. And we also have to take into account the fact that we have this uh, time period in which we have to complete a Formula One Grand Prix. And that got everybody rather confused because... Um, I mean, even the F1 timing screens were confused because at one point the clock hadn't started and then it had started. Um, and that's the three hour window in which you have to complete uh, complete a Grand Prix um, in order for it to count. Um, or at least in order to, to decide how many points we're going to be awarding and was it a full Grand Prix, um, as well as the lap counter, which we're going to get onto later on as well. So a bunch of stuff happening and, and essentially uh, people couldn't decide initially whether, because we did an additional formation lap because of how bad the weather was, um, whether that counted as lap one of the race. We also had, on top of that, just to make things extra complicated, every time that Michael Massey called for a delay to the race start, it removed a lap from the total laps completed or needed to be completed for the race. Um, so there was a bunch of stuff going on. There were the, the the delays that were removing laps from the total counter. There was the countdown clock that had started. But uh, what we essentially managed to find out about two hours into the race was that the race technically hadn't started until the safety car left the pit lane with the drivers in tow at the restart which just to add further confusion was also called a resumption because they said rate the race will be resumed uh not started so it all just got very very confusing because we i guess we just never really saw an initial getaway that we would say that's the start of a grand prix um so that's that's basically I have no idea if I've explained that any any well but essentially why we got very confused the teams were confused the pundits were confused we were confused I mean the 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 to and fro's going on in our editorial chat trying to just decide if the race had started or not was it just it just goes to show that actually I think one of the main takeaways of today that I think is really important is how important it is to have really clear direction and clear communication, not just to the teams, but also to the media in terms of what is going on. Um, because, I mean, Luke will know better than than I will, um, but it just felt like there was no direction and there was no communication. Um, and it was lucky enough, for, for at least on our side, that we had the FIA radio 
still going between Michael Massey and the teams so that we could at least hear, okay, no, there are still questions about whether or not this race has begun or how long we've got left to do or how many laps we have to complete because it just seemed like no one knew, which is... You can give an element of forgiveness, I guess, when it was so strange, but at the same time, you know, it's not the first time we've ever had a wet race or a wet start or a red flag. I mean, I think, Luke, didn't you find that this is like, it's it's crazy how many red flags we've had. I think it's a record, isn't it, for how many red flags we've had in a season, something like that. Did you put that on Twitter? That was no? not me. So uh, well done to whoever said <laughs> that. It wasn't you. I, Sorry. I fully believe I'm it. so... <laughs> I'm so used to just seeing you pluck these obscure facts. Out. Well, not obscure, but like these uh, these points of references out that I often turn to. Um, but yeah, I mean, the amount of red flags we've had this season is 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 crazy. Um, so yeah, I think it's just it just goes to show that in times of crisis like this, we do need really strong direction and really strong communication. I think that was evidently lacking today. Mm-hmm. Luke, what did you make of the whole time limit situation? Because of course, when we then got to the point where it was one hour to go, the time was paused, which again, threw more confusion to everyone because people were like, oh, okay, so why didn't we just do this sooner? And why are we doing it now? Of course, it was explained as such that so if the weather did lift that we would have enough time we would have an hour where we could go racing uh but what did you make of that and why didn't they you know invoke that sooner if if they knew that that was that was possible uh that's a very good question that i don't actually know the answer to at this point um i think that yeah when it pops up we all kind of thought well why why was it left until an hour ago that they used force majeure which they could seemingly just do when they wanted I guess obviously they did want to give sort of fullness of time for when to see if the situation would change. But I mean, looking at all the radars and from what the teams were saying, it was pretty clear the situation wasn't going to change. That it was gonna, it was just gonna get worse or stay at the same intensity. So uh, yeah, again with hindsight, very easy to say. Um, but yeah, I mean with the whole time limit situation, I, I just I don't don't really fully understand it. I think that had they had they said when we had the initial getaway behind the safety car at 3.25, the race has started behind the safety car, which I, as far as I can remember, I think has been done in the past. I'm not sure if rules have been changed to prevent that from happening. Then we could have at least done a couple laps behind the safety car, get the two laps we needed to say it's an official classification, and then kind of just get away from this idea of, oh, we need to get it in, we need to get it in. Um, yeah, so I don't, I don't really fully understand that. I think it's something that the FIA does need to explain in the coming days. And I think that race control, I mean, I think it sounds like they did everything they could in terms of trying to find a right window and everything like that and looking at the weather forecast. And we can't control Mother Nature. We can't control when it does rain as as heavily as it did because it was pretty pretty crazy out there. Um, but yeah, but I think I agree with Jess. I just think in terms of, sort of the communication, I think it was just a bit, um, it was a bit haphazard at times. I think particularly when it was, we're going to give a weather update at, 4.45 and the weather update was there'll be another update at 4.50 and then the one after that was 4.55 and just so on and so forth. I think it's little things like that where it kind of just, yeah, I think particularly for the fans who would have been just in the grandstands probably without any information apart from what they could find on Twitter or what they were listening to over the tannoys, then uh, yeah, it must have been very, very frustrating for them just just not knowing really. So uh, yeah, a very difficult situation to judge. Um, but I think that the FIA, I think they do need to give some explanation and reasoning for things that happen. And I think the drivers are also going to be keen for that as well. 
Yeah, and on that point of the fans, of course, as everyone has said so far, I mean, hats off to them for sticking it out for as long as they did with such little information because it looked absolutely horrendous out there. Uh, but they were staying strong, dancing their way through it all. And yeah, I mean, I did not envy them at all. Now, one of the things that got thrown up in the whole mix-up of the delays, etc., was the repair of Sergio Perez's car. Now, of course, he crashed out on the way to the grid and we thought that that was him out of the race. But then we had uh, the radio messages of Red Bull saying, you know, can he rejoin if we fix the car in time? Um, and after a bit of back and forth, Michael Massey checking with the other stewards, they decided that, yes, he could. But why was that allowed? Can we clear up why he was then allowed to join? Because, of course, it's a completely unprecedented uh, situation because we wouldn't usually expect to see such a big time frame where they can fix a car and then get him back out. Um, please explain, clear that up for any fans that might be questioning why he was still allowed to race. So the rules say that if you don't complete your reconnaissance lap to the grid, you can start the race, but it has to be from the pit lane. So that is exactly what Perez did. He did not make it to the grid. Therefore, he had to start from the pit lane. And there is a rule in uh, races, and I think this came after Nürburgring 2007, when I think Hamilton, he uh, spun off in, in that really, really wet race that was red flagged. And he was lifted up by a crane and then dropped back into the track, and then he continued, and he stayed in the race. And after that, the loophole was shut saying that you can't have uh, assistance to get back on track, basically. And I think what Massey was saying um, when Jonathan Wheatley asked him the first question, um, Massey said, well, no, he's had assistance. And Wheatley was saying, ah, but it wasn't actually assistance to get back on track. So therefore, it's 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 different. And um, I, I thought it was very odd that Massey didn't actually... I know these things are new and they come up all the time, but it was the way he went back being like, no, that's not allowed. And Wheatley was, Wheatley was like, actually, hang on, explained it. And only after that, he said, oh, I'm going to go to the stewards. Um there's going to be little loopholes and interpretations and like that in the rule book, uh, a lot of which were thrown up today. Uh, but yeah, but Red Bull basically just read the rule book and they said that there's nothing saying we can't. Uh, and technically, yeah, Perez's car didn't actually receive assistance to get back on track and continue to the grid because the assistance was literally putting the car onto the back of a uh, truck and then taking it back uh, heavily damaged to the pits. So that's a little bit different. Um, yeah, so that was why it was permitted, which uh, was uh, pretty pretty crazy. I think Red Bull did a great job. Christian Horner said it was normally would be a three to four hour job and they were able to tie things up pretty quickly and uh, ultimately he didn't get him anywhere. But uh, yeah, again, another weird quirk loophole that's come out of today and it just sort of adds to the the bizarreness of everything today really now there is one big job opening that we're waiting to hear about who will race next to lewis hamilton in 2022 will they keep bottas or will george russell get the job with bottas collecting his p45 from mercedes Surely he is too good not to be on the grid next year, but there is plenty of competition and there's no shortage of talent coming up. And we want to talk about talent today with today's podcast sponsor, LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs is here to help small business owners find the team members to put their business in pole position. F1 teams might have a team of managers to look after these things, but for a small business, finding and interviewing the right candidates is time you don't have to spend on everything else. LinkedIn Jobs has made it easier to get the candidates worth interviewing faster and is totally free. LinkedIn Jobs can find your next superstar by creating a free post in minutes with 30 million people in the UK. Get the skills and experience you need with a great way to screen candidates so you don't waste any time and arrange the interviews from within LinkedIn Jobs too. 
LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the candidates worth interviewing faster. And you can post a job for free. Just visit linkedin.com slash autosport. Again, that's linkedin.com slash autosport to post a job for free. Terms and conditions apply. It did seem like... Yeah, it seemed like every uh, loophole that we would have never imagined did get shown up today. Um, and I'm sure questions will continue for a few days to come as the teams will analyze it all and, you know, debate what what was allowed and what should have happened and shouldn't have happened. Of course, eventually we did get out for two laps, three laps, two, three laps. Do you think that it was worth it in the end or not? Because that's another point that people are really debating. Should we have even bothered that? We've heard Lewis, Sebastian, some of the other drivers being really vocal on this point and saying, you know, it's a bit of a joke. We just got sent out to get the classification. We went behind the safety car for the whole duration of those laps. We have we did nothing that deserved rewarding. So why did we do it? Lewis saying that money talks. What did you make of that decision? Do you think it was right for us to go back out onto the track for those few laps or should we have actually not even let it get to that I mean this is where we have a lot of um, legal ramifications commercial ramifications at the end of the day F1 is a business as well as an entertainment uh, provider for us as as fans and and pundits and whatever you want to call us but um, I think this is where the debate has, has, has kind of started as to okay fine you know, you need you need to complete your contracts. You need to be able to say that this was a race. Fine, but don't award points. But then we've got the problem of, of that. Actually, the minimum criteria was met in order to award half points. So if we were to go, well, you know what? We don't feel right about this. It's kind of sticking in our throat a little bit that we're going to award points for this. You set a dangerous precedent because the rules state as long as the leader completes the the right amount of laps um two laps isn't it as long as the leader completes two laps uh, or passes the control line three times in this instance um that 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 we can award half points that was that was done i don't think ever in the history of formula one did any of the organizers actually think that we would have to hit that minimum or struggle to hit that minimum but that those are the rules so Yes, okay, if we look at it in terms of the story of this season, when you're talking about the likes of Alfa Romeo, Williams, Haas, uh, you know, the the guys that are kind of towards the, the, the lower part of the constructors, this could be game-changing for them. The fact that some of the their rivals have been awarded even half points could be game-changing uh, for the rest of the season, which then, you know, has massive commercial ramifications for them in terms of their prize money. So in that instance, it does feel, it does smack of a huge, uh, like a, a huge uh, disjustice, really. It's an injustice to them um, and, and the hard work that they put in. But rules be rules. We we can't we can't just start changing the although the FIA did change the rules today I guess uh, I mean force majeure is one of those amazing things where you can just kind of claim it and go yeah crazy circumstances we can throw the rule book out the window and do what we want um, but you know it, we can't just do that just because it doesn't f- sit well with us so I don't know it, it's 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 really complicated it, you know had we not done it had we cancelled it I mean the the ideal scenario would have been we turn up tomorrow and we race tomorrow 
But the problem that we've got is that we've crammed all these races into the latter half of the season. This is the first round of a triple header. We've got logistics to think about in terms of getting the circus over to Zandvoort for uh, the next weekend's Grand Prix. We just can't do it. So do we abandon abandon race and then have a bunch of you know the the circuit promoters out of pocket because they would they could be forced to refund tickets you know all of this stuff starts happening sponsors don't get what they've paid for and they start asking for money back or you know money on something else there's so many things that are part of a formula one grand prix that aren't just about the racing and whether you're a purist and you're like well i don't care about all that stuff at the end of the day f1 doesn't run without that so in its current financial setup, in its current financial model, it runs on that. So we either have to be understanding of that and just go, do you know what? This is a bit crap. Let's throw it to one side and just, you know, hope that we don't have a similar situation again and just get on with it, I think is, is probably what we're going to have to do. But I do think there needs to be a discussion um, after all of this as to whether <laughs> the rules do need to be looked at. And whether we need to be looking at... The problem we would have had if we said... I saw a a few opinions on Twitter in terms of, well, maybe what we need to look at is that it's not just three laps completed, it's three laps completed or two laps completed uh, without the safety car. So, you know, the lead car essentially acts as safety car, but at least then we've got racing in inverted commas. Uh, Problem with that today was that the visibility was so bad, the safety was so bad that the FI would have been massively criticised for um, putting drivers at risk, putting drivers at danger. They've been criticised this entire weekend for safety. There's no way that they would have, they'd have seen that through. So, you know, as, as with so many of these events where we get these strange occurrences, it makes us sit, reflect and think about actually are these rules correct? Do we need to tweak them? Do we need to change them? But I mean, the fact is, is that this is probably very unlikely we'll ever see anything like this again. So do we want to jump the gun on something that is so bizarre? Um, it's worth the discussion, I think. It's always worth, uh, you know, a bit of a bit of reflection. But I think fundamentally, we got what we got because then be the rules. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely a learning opportunity. And I want to come on to the classification quickly because even after the race finished and the FAA put out their first classification, we then saw it it was deleted and then there was confusion about that because of the fact that it said that it was classified after lap one. Luke, can you just clarify that whole situation? Because they will probably be fans. <laughs> Sorry. They'll probably be fans still confused <laughs> about that because, um, yeah, there was all the noise about, you know, we've done two, three laps and then it was classified after lap one. So what is the deal with that? Yeah. So the rule with the red flag is that you take the result from one lap before the red flag came out. It's a rule that, uh, 2003, the Brazilian Grand Prix, that gave Giancarlo Fisichella his win there, for example. Um, and that, that's always been the rule. So when we had the, uh, when, when we had the final result come in and the classification said it was taken from the end of lap one, because ultimately there are only two full laps completed and you do you go minus one back and that takes you to lap one uh then then you sort of argue well actually hang on a minute doesn't that go against the idea that you must complete two racing laps because you didn't the FIA's explanation for this was that in the regulations it says that so long as the driver crosses the control line which is start finish line three times then that that satisfies that because therefore you go back um you, you you go back one and then you've got your two laps it kind of contradicts 
the regulations a little bit, but uh, I mean, that's that's how it is. That's what the FIA is explaining it. That's how they're saying it. Uh, is there room for a protest? I think again, it's one of these rules that is very much open to interpretation. So I don't think any, I don't think anything's going to come from it. But um, yeah, again, just more confusion. Again and again, it's the kind of situation that you never expect is going to happen, and then it does, and then it just leaves everyone really confused and upset and angry. Um, yeah, it should. And, and it, this is the thing. Go on. I was just going to say, in the end, did we have an answer in regards to fastest lap? Because we know that when, you know, the coverage wound up, it was Nikita Mazepin that got the fastest lap. Does he still have the fastest lap? Does that change because of the fact that the classification was taken after, you know, just lap one? Yeah, that changes. So there there is no fastest lap awarded, which might be a first in Grand Prix history. But uh, yes. Okay, right. Okay, fine. There is the classification side of things unpicked. Um, well, so looking forward, of course, today was, a, in a strange way, a great day for George Russell, got the podium, great day for Williams, Checo, a clear loser from today, and all of the drivers that didn't perform well in qualifying, you know, really lost out because they weren't able to make up any positions today. Looking forward, we go to Zandvoort next weekend, what are, what are your thoughts and feelings towards the weekend ahead before we wrap things up? Well, not to be the bear. I know. It's hard one, isn't it? We're just in a bit of a weird, my, <laughs> weird, my weird brain moment. cannot process next weekend just yet. But I think, uh, not to be the bear of bad news, but there's a lot of fears about how good the racing's going to be out next weekend um whether the track surface is going to be good whether the banking is going to be good so there are a lot of question marks but you know I'm an optimist I like to at least enter into a race weekend thinking we could be on to a good one apart from if it's Monaco sorry Luke um or Sochi probably uh or Abu Dhabi, maybe. So uh, there's a few where I'm like, I'm out and out. But, you know, it's been a long time since we've raced at Zambort. Um, and so, you know, I'm willing to be pleasantly surprised. But there are things I think we're just going to have to be maybe realistic about in terms of uh, a modern day Formula One car around Zambort. It's, it's, I think the, the, the fears were there when they originally. Uh, announced it it's going to be absolutely brilliant for Dutch fans it's going to be amazing for uh, Max's Orange Army but um, Orlando Norris's Orange Army depending on uh, who you want to claim it Um, but yeah I think that's going to be great I think the atmosphere is going to be great but maybe jury's out for racing until we see it but set your expectations low then you can only be pleasantly surprised right amen to that Luke what are your feelings going into the week and ahead? Well, next week, shall I say? Yeah, very similar. I think that it's a track that I don't think is going to lend itself to much overtaking. And again, I'd like to be pleasantly surprised on that, but I do think it's going to be difficult, even with the banked first corner and final corner that they've done to try and encourage overtaking. I think it is going to be very, very tricky. Um, yeah, I think that on the atmosphere, I think it's going to be good in some ways, but I think also, I think that we are going to see probably what we saw in Hungary in terms of the booing and the hostility towards Lewis Hamilton, 
but times 10. And I think I think it's going to be a really, really difficult weekend, I think, on that front. I think that Mercedes think they're very much going to be on enemy territory throughout that weekend. And uh, yeah, it's just something that, again, it's, it's a bit needless. And I get you sort of like want to be enthusiastic and you can get a bit tribal in terms of sport at times. But uh, yeah, I just think it's going to be... I, I, and again, I'd like to be proved wrong, but I just think it is going to be one of those weekends where whatever Lewis does on the podium or in Park Ferme or whatever, there's going to be this booing and jeering, which uh, we really don't need. But that's uh, that's unfortunately unavoidable, um, unless the uh, unless the I'm trying to wear this carefully, unless perhaps the more diehard Verstappen fans do rein it in a little bit and realise that ultimately, like you can just like not boo someone and just be be cool about things but anyway um yeah I'm, I'm interested like it's a new track for f1 that's always quite cool i think it's a, it's a good story and i think frankly anything after what we've seen today i think is going to be good so i think that we're going to hopefully get a really good race next weekend to sort of uh, lift our spirits a little bit and uh, and then we can go to monza and uh, yeah hopefully end the triple header on a high but uh yeah i think it's going to be it's going to be an interesting one definitely yeah, I hope that we have a good next few next couple of races because this weekend, like we have discussed at length, has been an incredibly bizarre one and left us all feeling a bit just out of it. I think, but we have managed to. Can I put? Can I yes. put? A con- can I put? Can I just put something controversial to Luke? Oh, okay, do it. We like to end on a bombshell. Well, I'm, I'm not. Jets. I'm not. I know. Uh, I missed that. That's why I'm doing it now. Um, this this is me being utterly facetious, so don't take me fully um, seriously. I'm quite tired and delirious as well, so that might explain a lot. But, I mean, we don't get upset about Monaco when Monaco's won on a Saturday. And I, know it's, I know it's different, but I'm just saying, like, George George got P2 on Saturday, and that was great. And if it was at Monaco, this. probably... I'm not rising to this, Jess. You can't bait me. You can't bait me. <laughs> god damn it i tried so hard um i'm i am joking obviously i'm I'm not trying to say that the monaco grand prix (laughs) equates to what we saw today even i will say that it's better than that but i just thought it was funny because you know george i've just seen another video of george celebrating his podium basically and not to go back over what we've already discussed but i mean i'm just so glad that he got something for his performance yesterday I know it was a strange one, but I just think like good for them um, is the only kind of silver lining I'm going to take out of today. Yeah, I agree with that. I think that is the only good news story we've got from today. And even though Williams will accept it is by default, absolutely, um, it, it is what it is and they can't control that. And yeah, it's uh, it's quite nice that George, um, I mean, he said after qualifying, oh, it's a shame there's not a points for qualifying and maybe the FA should do that in the future. And in the end, he actually, he did. He got nine points for his qualifying displays. So, <laughs> so fair play, lad. Um, yeah, it's cool. And I think as we're sort of talking about all the... Um, uh, like drive market and everything like that as that moves along I think um, it's just another it's another little sort of factor and storyline to throw in there so that's quite cool so uh, yeah well done Williams yes well done Williams indeed let's end on that high and that positive um, yeah good day for George Russell good weekend for Williams and nice to see the team rewarded after putting in so much work to bring to bring themselves forward that is all from us we didn't make it to our usual hour but i think we did pretty good actually guys so 
Yeah. It was an unprecedented day in Formula One at the Belgian Grand Prix for everyone, the FIA, Formula One, the fans, but we got through it. Everyone has done the best they can, and unfortunately, we couldn't bring uh, a full race to everyone in the grandstands, but everyone did what they could, and of course, hindsight is a beautiful thing but we move forward next weekend we'll be at the dutch grand prix cannot wait to go racing and really looking forward to it make sure to join us again next week and luke jess thank you for joining me as always mary redeemed a fifty thousand dollar cash prize playing chumba casino this year i was only playing for fun so winning this was a dream come true chumba casino is america's number one social casino experience it's serious fun with over 80 casino style games to choose from you too could win life-changing amounts of cash be like mary log on to chumbacasino.com and give them a world that's chumbacasino.com no purchase necessary void or prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply see website for details the voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner The world is waiting, waiting for new thinking, for bold ideas that embrace a globally connected community, working together to create a better future for all. And that future, it can be found here at UC Riverside. Bold hearts, brilliant minds. Sports Social Podcast Network. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. Laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, over prohibited by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.